0: While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Chapter three
1: and verse fourteen. This is the New King James Version that I'm reading. If you have it, say I have it. If not, say wait. Joshua three. It's on the screen as well. Begin at verse number fourteen. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Is that what your Bible says? Look again at verse number 16. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Araba, the salt sea failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Grab somebody by the hand and repeat my subject to them. And I want you to say it now with some, some excitement in, in your throat. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Come on, you can say it better than that. Say, neighbor. neighbor. It's about, it's about to, catch to, to catch up to you. Grab somebody on the other side and say, neighbor. It's about to catch up to you. Point at somebody on the other side. Is a neighbor? Did you hear what I said? It's about to catch up to you. Put those hands together and give God praise for the word of the Lord. It's about to catch up to you. I'm going to do something a little different from most of the time in which preach, and that is, for the most part, um, the laws of homiletics, uh, the uh, task assignment, the art of preaching, says that we should always save uh, the punch for last, save the revelation of the big idea of what you're trying to deliver to the people for the end of the message. But I want to flip it a little bit and really give you the big idea and the punchline of what I want to share with you on today. According to, and you know, many of you know the Exodus story, according to Exodus, in particular chapter 14, the Bible tells us that the children of Israel under Moses' leadership, that in fact they went through the Red Sea, that, um, uh, they, they, they were in the midst of a troubled situation that uh, they left Egypt, the Bible says, with the favor of God upon their lives. And they make their way toward the promised land, but they end up at the Red Sea. What makes this a troubled situation is the fact that they are surrounded by mountains on the left and the right. The Red Sea is in front of them and Pharaoh and his army is behind them. The children of Israel are seemingly trapped, uh, stuck at the Red Sea. But the Bible tells us that uh, while the people were panicking, the Lord informed Moses, why are you all crying? Why are you in such a panic? Isn't it strange that many times we find ourselves in panic situation and it's always the plan of the enemy to bring us to situations in which we panic he understands that panic many times causes us to suffer from a lapse of amnesia we have a tendency to forget about what God has already done in the past he tells Moses why are you crying I brought you all out of Egypt with a mighty hand I released ten plagues upon your enemies and brought you out with a mighty hand and now you're in panic mode and crying. He tells Moses to stop crying, take your rod, stretch it out over the waters and part the Red Sea. When Moses stretched out his hands over the water, the Bible says that God then caused an east wind to blow and divide the sea so that the children of Israel, the Bible says, they went through it. They went into the midst of it the waters were divided, and the waters were as a wall to them on the left and on the right. But here in Joshua chapter 3, now we saw God through the leadership of Moses take the children of Israel through the Red Sea. But now in Joshua chapter 3, Moses is dead, he has assumed the leadership. Of the children of Israel and now they find themselves again at a troubled situation they are in the midst of in front of a raging river called the Jordan River Joshua now comes to the Jordan and the Bible tells us here's the punchline that God cut the water off and they crossed over on dry land that's the message uh, that's the big idea that God took Moses and the children of Israel through the Red Sea. Uh, but Joshua and his generation, the Bible says that God cut the water off so that they crossed over the Jordan on dry land. Yeah, God is saying to us that there's some things uh, that He's about to cut off so that you don't have to go through. okay? You ought to be dancing right now. I'm giving you the punchline. God sent me here to tell you that there's some things he's about to cut off so you won't have to go through. The generations before you had to go through trial, had to go through difficulty, had to go through pressure, had to go through all kinds of drama. God sent me here to tell you, you're not gonna have to go through any of that because he's gonna cut it off so you can cross over into your miracle. Look at somebody and tell him, God's about to cut it off for you. Yeah, your, your forefathers went through it and God preserved them while they went through it. But you are a part of the generation that's not going to have to go through it because God is going to cut it off. Uh, you ought to put your hands together right there if you believe God. Come on. You ought to be selling. I just gave you the punchline. I have given you the whole message that God sent me here to tell you that he's about to cut some things off. Some things you didn't figure out how in the world you was going to get out of it. God said you ain't got to go through this. I'm about to cut it off, so you can cross over into your miracle. Somebody ought to be praising God right there. Couple, of, couple of points, couple of points of interest, and I, I want you to keep your Bibles open and, and just, just let's walk through this text here, uh, just a moment, and we're going to get out of here together. Uh, in Joshua chapter three, just a few points. Of interest notice now in, in Joshua chapter 3 I want to call your attention to verse number 3 the Bible says and they commanded the people saying when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites what does it say bearing it then you shall set out from your place and go after it The Bible teaches us and lets us know now that the children of Israel have been camped before the Jordan River. That God now gives Joshua specific instructions on how they're going to cross over. He tells him now to tell the priest to pick up the Ark of the Covenant and to stand in the midst of the Jordan until all the people cross over. The Bible says that the priests and the Levites were to bear the Ark of the Covenant. Why is this important? Because the Ark of the Covenant represented now, stay with me, the manifest presence of God with his people. As soon as the people would see the priest bearing the ark, the Bible says they were to get up from where they camped and they were to follow after it. Uh, Notice now the text clearly says when you see the priest bearing the ark of the covenant, get up and follow after it. Uh, it does not say follow the priest it says follow after it what is it? The it is the ark of the covenant that the priests are bearing upon their shoulders God says when you see the man of God bearing the ark of the covenant get up from where you are and follow after it he never tells them to follow the priest part of the problem that we're having in the body of Christ is we have too many people that are connected more to personalities of the preacher as opposed to being connected to the personality of Christ God says I want you to get up and follow after my presence don't follow the priests why because the priests are human like you they are prone to failure and if the priests fail then you're liable to fail God says when you see the Ark of the Covenant get up and follow after it Tell somebody to follow the presence yeah, the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant now is very powerful. I wish I really had time uh, to deal with it. But the Ark of the Covenant is, in fact, the symbolic representation of God with his people. Uh, the Bible tells us now that God gives Moses specific instructions on how to the Ark of the Covenant. He says I want you to make it out of acacia wood and then I want you to completely cover it with gold. Make it out of wood but cover it with gold. Jesus Christ is fully human and fully divine. Wood is a type of humanity. The psalmist says that even the trees of the field will clap their hands. So wood is a symbolic representation of humanity and gold is a symbolic representation of of divinity. Jesus Christ is fully human and fully divine. The Ark of the Covenant is a symbolic representation of the presence of God with his people. It is then covered with a complete gold, full gold lid with two cherubim that sit on top that form a mercy seat. And so the Bible lets us know now that this, this symbolic representation of his presence is there with the, in the midst of the people they were to follow after it follow the Ark of the Covenant follow the presence of the Lord every day my brothers and sisters should consist of some personal private devotional time with the Lord that consists of some following the ark following the presence time in which you seek to renew even the more and become even the more acquainted with the presence of God God says when you see the Ark of the Covenant that symbolizes my presence I want you to get up and follow after it. Tell somebody again you got to follow the presence. the children of Israel understood the ark to be God with them and represented the presence of God they knew the ark as the place where God rested upon the mercy seat which I told you earlier was the pure gold lid that covered on top of the ark of the covenant they also knew that the ark of God before them went before them whenever they faced their enemies they understood that it wasn't in fact not Moses not even Joshua but the presence of God that fought on their behalf against their enemies that's why Moses declared in numbers chapter 10 and verse 35 that whenever the ark of the covenant set out Moses declared let God arise and your enemies be scattered in other words all the surrounding heathen nations around the children of Israel were afraid of them not because of their military skills because remember, they really didn't know how to fight. The reason other folk were afraid of the children of Israel was simply because of the presence of God that resided with them. You see, the afraid of how much scripture you can quote the enemy is not afraid of how big your Bible is the enemy enemy doesn't concern himself with where your name is on the roll at which church but what he's afraid of is whenever the presence of the Lord resides upon your life tell somebody beside you it's all about the presence yeah, the Bible lets us know that it is in fact the presence of God now that many times we need to understand as the weapon that God has given us to use against the enemy. Again Moses said let God arise and his enemies be scattered the enemy has always been and will forever be after your manner of worship because every time the presence of God shows up in your life the plan that the enemy has for you has to flee. Uh, God, he tried to get you by using some of the hard life challenges that came your way, but what he didn't understand was that worship was your weapon. Notice, I didn't say praise. I said worship was and is your weapon. Not praise, because all you need to praise God is breath. Uh, But when you are a bona fide worshiper, You don't allow where you are and what you're going through to affect your ability to lift your hands and open up your mouth and give God the praise and the worship that's due unto him. Y'all not talking to me, but you can tell the difference between a praiser and a worshiper. A praiser will stay home when they got a headache. A praiser will sit up in church looking all dry and ashy. A praiser will come to church and have an attitude to other people around them as if they were the ones that woke you up this morning. But when you are a worshiper, you understand that they that worship, worship him in spirit and in truth. And you can give a flying flip about who's around you because you didn't show up for them, you showed up for him. Slap somebody high five, tell them I love you, but I ain't here for you. I said slap somebody a high five, tell them I love you but I'm not here for you. I ain't never seen the light since I've been born of so many church people who are moved by other people. Baby, you have lost the essence of what it means to be a worshiper because when you are a worshiper, you'll come up in this church by yourself and open up your mouth and lift your hands and tell God thank you. A worshiper don't need a crowd. All they need is an audience of one because You're the one that woke me up. You're the one that covered me. You're the one that protected me. You're the one that made a way out of nowhere. Tell somebody I'm a worshiper. Worship worship entails. I feel like preaching a little bit. Yeah, worship, worship, worship entails a relationship with God. Uh, The praise team don't have to sing 20 songs to get me into the presence. Uh, As a worshiper, when I showed up, I brought some fire with me. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You don't need a worship team to sing 50 songs when you are a worshiper. You know that presence of the Lord is already on the inside of you. Shake somebody hand tell them, when I showed up, I brought some fire with me. I brought some presents with me. Worship, worship, worship entails a relationship with God. Worshipers don't need the conditions around them to be perfect before they open up their mouths and give God the praise and the worship that's due unto him. Yeah, Some of y'all sitting there looking at me funny. You know why? Because your mind is on your power bill and how you gonna pay this bill and how you gonna eat this week and how you gonna get some gas money. But when you are a worshiper, the least of your worries is how your needs are going to be met because you know when God's presence is in your life he'll supply every one of your needs according to his riches in glory shake somebody and tell them I'm a worshiper I don't, need, I don't need perfect conditions to bless him. Do I got anybody in the house that can testify to that? I don't need perfect, don't go there yet. I don't need perfect conditions to give God praise. Some of y'all worship God and didn't have a dime. Some of y'all opened up your mouth when the repo man was taking your car and said, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Some of y'all were like Joe. You said, though he slay me, yet will I Tell somebody again. I'm a worship. The Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God with His people. Be seated. Look at, look at, look at verse number four. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing a verse exposition of the text. According to verse number four of the text. Put it on the screen so they can see it according the verse number four of the text the Bible says watch it now that they were instructed to maintain God I love your word a space of 2,000 cubits between them and the ark so that they would know which direction they should go God I feel a dance in my spirit because they have not passed this way before. Lord help me God. (laughs) Look at somebody tell him, give me some room, give me some room. Yeah, Uh, God says "I, I need you to maintain a little space between you and the Ark of the Covenant because where I'm about to take you, you have never been before. God, I love your word. <laughs> yeah the, the Ark of the Covenant was constant in the lives of the children of Israel. Remember oh God you have to go back and read it but it was the Ark of the Covenant was in the tabernacle which was the center, y'all be seated, which was the center of the encampment of the children of Israel. The nation according to the, tr- the tribes, the twelve tribes resided around the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was housed. The Bible Let us know that the children of Israel would stand in their tents and they would watch Moses and Aaron go into the most holy place before the ark of the covenant in order to speak with God they watched the priest once a year go behind the veil and make the yearly blood sacrifice for their sins so much so that the presence of the Lord when he accepted the sacrifice the cloud of God uh, called the Chicago would then appear as a sign of acceptance of the sacrifice. Where are you getting that, Pastor? In other words, the children of Israel were familiar with the Ark of the Covenant. Y'all didn't hear what I said, so I'm going to say it again. The children of Israel were familiar with the Ark of the Covenant. They were familiar with the presence of God. God instructed Joshua to tell them to maintain their distance from the Ark. Don't get too close, watch this, lest they operate in their assumptions based on a previous move. Mm, God, I need you to maintain your distance lest you treat me based upon what I did yesterday. I need you to maintain your distance God was telling them I'm about to do something that you've never seen before I'm getting ready to do something that you've never heard before and if you're too familiar you'll assume that I'm getting ready to do for you based upon business as usual I need you to maintain your distance because I don't want you to be tricked and fooled by your neighbors testimony What I'm getting ready to do for you is gonna be personal and it has never been done before. This, remember now Joshua is dealing with the generation that heard the stories of God's dealings with their foreparents this is the crowd who knew how God raised up Moses this is the group that they knew how God sent the plagues and brought their foreparents out from under Egyptian bondage this is the crowd that heard the stories of how God preserved their foreparents under the mighty hand of the Hebrew tax masters this is the generation that heard the stories of how God parted the Red Sea and brought the army of God's people through the Red Sea this is the crowd that heard the stories of how God drowned Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea this is the church crowd this is the generation that heard the stories of how God spared their life by feeding the manna and quail and they heard the stories of how God brought water out of a rock but watch this I need you to maintain space because I don't want you to assume that you know me based upon what I did for the previous generation in other words grab somebody's hand and look them in the face and say neighbor in other words This is not your father's Oldsmobile. Uh, God's about to do something different. God is about to shift some things in your life. God's about to show himself mighty and strong in your life. See, I need you to understand that the dance and the praise that some of y'all have is based upon the testimony of other people. You can read the Bible and get a praise in your spirit about what God did for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what he did for David and Solomon, what he did for Matthew, Mark, and Luke you can get excited about what God did for others to the point that you'll be looking for a blessing in your life the same way that God blessed them. But God said I need you to maintain some space and drop your spirit of familiarity because what I'm getting ready to do for you has never been done before. Shake them out of hand like you're about to shake it off and tell them God's getting ready to blow your mind. (laughs) God's about to blow your mind. understand that God's going to give you your own personal testimony. See right now you got a cute rehearsed testimony giving honor to God, to the pastor, to the first lady, to the member saints and friends. I want to thank and praise God for my life, health and strength. No baby that ain't a testimony. That's something you heard from somebody else. But when God bless your life sure enough, he'll give you your own personal testimony. Make somebody here and tell them God's getting ready to blow your mind. Don't 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 ever assume that you know God like that. That you can be so familiar with Him that you assume that He's about to do for you the way that He did for others. Shake somebody and tell them I'm gonna have my own personal testimony. I need you to understand now, watch this. I need you to hear this in, my, in the spirit. The twin brother of familiarity is predictability. I'm going to say it again. The twin brother of familiarity is predictability. Whenever you adopt a familiar spirit, you then assume you can make predictions on what God is getting ready to do. But I hear it in my spirit I haven't seen, it. haven't heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man. The things that God's about to do in your life. Now are we the children of God. But it does not yet appear what we shall be oh God tell somebody I'm not a finished project yet God's not through with me yet and what he's getting ready to do with me I don't know what he's about to do but what I do know is that he's about to do something I feel it in my spirit clap your hands and give God praise God, God was saying to them, God, hold up, organ man, hold up. God was saying to them, stand back. Uh, stand back. Don't 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 get too close. Don't be so familiar. Uh keep your distance. Don't get so common with me. Don't think you can predict, predict what I'm getting ready to do in your life. Hunt somebody and say, stand back, stand back. Stand back. Why, Pastor? I need you to stand back. This is what I need you to do. I need you to stand back. I need you to be ready because anything can happen. Oh, God, y'all should have hollered right there. Slap somebody and say, anything, anything. Anything can happen. That's why Joshua told them in verse number five, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord would do wonders among you. I need you to sanctify yourself. I need you to get yourself together. I need you to be ready I don't know who I'm preaching to but slap somebody tell them you got to sanctify yourself that means you need to consecrate your life everything that's around you and connected to you that's not holy and coming from the Lord you need to get out of your life and get yourself ready because anything can happen y'all ain't saying nothing to me and I ain't trying to make nobody upset but you got to clean everything out of your house that's not consecrated unto God and sanctify your life y'all not saying nothing right there y'all was helping me a minute ago but y'all done got quiet baby if he ain't put a on it, you can't give him no more thing. You gotta put him out and sanctify. Oh. Shake some out hand and say, Sanctify your life.
2: Sanctify your life
1: because when you sanctify your life, you then position yourself for God to do anything in your life. Do I got anybody here that need God to do whatever He's gonna do in your life? All I know is God whatever you're doing in this season don't do it without five three people that say sanctify yourself sanctify yourself you don't know how it's gonna happen I don't know how it's gonna happen I just want to be ready I don't know when this breakthrough is gonna happen I just want to be ready I ain't got time to be nowhere slipping and dipping. Cause I don't know when this miracle gonna happen. I just want to be ready. Uh, When I want to curse, I can't curse cause I don't want to miss what God is getting ready. Because anything can happen. I got to make sure that I'm in the right place at the right time, cause (laughs) anything. Tell somebody the possibilities are limitless. We don't know when it's gonna happen. So we celebrate. Look at somebody and tell them, I celebrate your testimony. God's about to do something new God's about to do something fresh God's about to do something bold God's about to do something in my life that he has never done before and I got to get out of here but I hear the Holy Ghost God told me to tell you that what he's getting ready to do has generational consequences in other words your blessing is going to be so phenomenal that it's going to bless your seed to the third and fourth generation God's about to upset your whole family tree oh God shake somebody tell him it's generational baby it's generational see I ain't got time to shout about a car I'm giving God praise for the fact that my grandbaby's scholarship my great grandson tuition y'all ain't saying nothing yet God's about to bless my whole family BC no. I, I, I gotta get I, I got a couple more things I got a couple more things and we are gonna get out of here I don't know how long Pastor Tony preached, but I got to get out of here. On the way to your seat, tell somebody anything can happen. Watch it now. Verse number 11. Put it on screen. Verse number 11. I feel the presence of the Lord in you. Verse number 11. Yeah, verse, verse number 11 of the text. watch this Joshua tells them that the ark of God I'm not gonna read it all but this is the part I want you to get Joshua tells them that the ark of God the ark of the covenant is crossing over before you that the ark of the covenant is going ahead of you that's important that's why I highlighted verse 11 that that, that the presence of the Lord God, I thank you. It's going before you, ahead of you. The priest, the priest bearing the ark came and dipped their feet in the edge of the water. And the Bible says now that when they dipped their feet in the edge of the water, that God went to work. Tell somebody you are going to see it in a minute. In other words, in other words, when the priest, the priest came to the ark, came to the Jordan And the Bible says that as soon as their feet hit the edge of the water, that God went to work. Lean on somebody and tell them, that's all God needs. That's all God. That that, that as soon, as soon as their feet hit the edge of the water, (laughs) that God went. To work in other words all God need to see is just a little bit of faith a little bit of belief on your part. you got it twisted you you think God is waiting on some big display of your faith but the minute you show God a little resolve in your faith the minute you show God you trust him just a little bit God is going to work on your behalf. Now, I got to travel over to the the New Testament to make this point plain. Because remember now, when Jesus rebuked the disciples and whenever he rebuked others, many times, watch this, uh, he rebuked them and others for having little faith now when he did that it was only because of unbelief and doubt that they allowed in in other words God wasn't correcting them because they had little faith he was correcting them because even with a little bit of faith they allowed doubt and disbelief come in in matthew chapter 17 when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon possessed boy after jesus cast him out the bible says that the disciples then asked jesus why couldn't we do it Uh jesus says and he didn't say because of your little faith he says because of your unbelief and then he stated in verse number 20 put it on the screen if you have faith as of a mustard seed Matthew 17 and 20 write it down if you have the faith of a mustard seed you can say to the mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you now why is that important because the mustard seed is the smallest seed known to man it is one of the smallest seeds on the planet God says if you have have the faith the size of a muscle if you just have just a little bit of faith you can then speak to the mountain whatever that major thing in your life that look like it won't get out of your way God said all you need is a little bit of faith and if you take that little bit of faith you can speak to that mountain to move out of your life and it will have to move in other words the issue is not little faith the issue is doubt. Because all God need is a little. You know somebody tell him all God need is a little. The Bible says that when the feet of the priest hit the water a little bit uh, that God started working because all God needs is a little bit. Yeah, Remember now it was a little yeast that infiltrated and took over the whole batch of dough. It was a widow with a little offering that Jesus declared she gave more than the wealthy who gave. It was a lad with a little lunch that God took and fed over 5,000 people. It was a little group of about 12 men that the Lord took and turned the world upside down. What are you saying Bishop with your little bit of money with your little credit score with your little bit of experience with your little business with your little tuition with your little resources all God need is a little faith and every mountain that's before you got to move out of your way I don't know who I'm preaching to but some of y'all sitting in under the sound of my boys you haven't moved in faith yet because you've been too busy looking at the little bit of stuff that you have at your disposal God don't need a major credit score to bless you with that house he'll put you in that house with your bad credit Lord I feel a holly in my spirit God ain't waiting on you to move waiting to give you a large down payment God will bless you with that car with a little to no down payment all God need is for you to have a little bit of faith ask your neighbor do you have a little bit of faith. The Bible says, I got to get out of here, the Bible says that when the feet of the priest hit the water a little bit, uh, co Pastor Jones, that God went to work. According to verse 15 and 16 of the text, Joshua 3 verse 15 and 16, I got to bring it in home now. When the feet of the priest bearing the ark touched the edge of the water, a great distance upstream the water start backing up in a heap at a town called Adam near the city of Zaratan. The remaining waters from the place where God cut it off flowed downstream into the Dead Sea. I want to make sure you heard what I said. The Bible says that when the feet of the priests touched the edge of the water, the feet of the priests who were bearing the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, that when their feet hit the edge of the water that God cut the water off a great distance upstream and the remaining waters piled up in a heap while the waters ran down into the Dead Sea. When the priest's feet first hit the edge of the Jordan River, there was no proof or evidence that God was working on their behalf. Please hear that. When the feet of the priests first hit the water there was no visible proof to them that God was working on their behalf. They had to step into a raging river. This was not a puddle, this was not a stream, this was not a creek. The Bible specifically says that it is the harvest time. What does that mean? The joy Jordan River ran between a mountain valley which means that when the snow caps in the mountain melted they would run down into the Jordan River causing the Jordan River to overflow its banks this is not some cute little stream or creek no honey this is a raging river the Bible says that when the feet of the priest hit the edge of the water a little bit God went to work but they didn't know it because there was no visible proof around them evidence or confirmation that God was at work they had to step into a raging river with no proof or confirmation that eventually this river was going to dry up Lord what am I saying I'm telling somebody that there's some stuff you got to step into and walk into the midst of even when it looked like God ain't working on your behalf but I want you to know baby that although you can can't see him that he's working on your behalf because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen shakes him out of hand tell him I can't see it but I know it's happening yeah. In times past, in times past, some of y'all took initial steps and then you retreated because you had no immediate witness that God was about to honor your faith. God is saying in this season, Fellowship Church, you got to stay in faith even when there's no evidence that your faith is working. You got to believe God even when there's no evidence that your belief is coming, bringing that thing into fruition. Shake somebody's of hand tell them you got to stay in faith. The Bible says that when the priest stepped in the water upstream, upstream from them, when the priest hit the water upstream from them in a town called Adam, the Bible says that God cut the water off and the water rose up in a heap. However, the children of Israel never saw this happen because they because it happened upstream away from them. Guess how far it happened away from them? Approximately 18 miles. Lord, help me get out of here. What year is this? 2000 yeah 18 miles upstream they couldn't see 18 miles upstream but when the priest's feet hit the water upstream 18 miles God cut the water off they had to trust God until what he had already done caught up with them y'all ain't got it yet but you're gonna get it in a minute when they stepped into the water there was no proof that God was working because they couldn't see that upstream 18 miles that God. had already cut the water off. They had to walk into a raging river with no evidence that what God had done 18 miles upstream was going to eventually catch up to them. Y'all ain't got it in your spirit yet but the Bible says again that when the priest hit the water that God went upstream 18 miles and cut the water off but there was no evidence that had already been cut off. They had to walk a raging river with no proof that God had already done it. And they had to believe that what God had done 18 miles was eventually going to catch up to them. I come to tell somebody that your manner of faith is not in vain. The seed that you sowed, the steps of faith that you took in 2005 God sent me all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina to tell you it's about to catch up to you. I came to tell somebody that the steps of faith you made in 1995, and they laughed at you and said, "Baby, it ain't gonna happen." I came to tell you that God sent me here to tell you it's about to catch up to you. Uh, you had to walk by faith and not by sight, but everything that God did in your life, He has already done it. You just gotta keep walking in faith until what He has already done catches up to you. Shake somebody head, tell them it's about to catch up to you. The minute, the minute you trusted God the second that you believed God is the, the time that you made your request known God had already did it it's about to catch up to you and I want to announce in Fellowship Church that I got to get out of here that before 2018 comes to a close what God already done is getting ready to overtake your life. Y'all ain't saying that to me but when you came into the new year you came into 2018 excited and you or believe in God for a turnaround in 2018. God told me to tell you that before this year is over, it's going to catch up to you because he's already released it into your life. If I got about five of y'all that believe it, I need you to open up your eyes and give God a shout! The Bible says, gonna okay, get out of here. The Bible says, and I'm closing with this one, last one. Verse 17. The Bible says in verse 17 that the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan on dry ground and all the people crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Uh Let me read that again. Verse 17 says that the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan on dry ground and all the people crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Now, oh God, I gotta get out of here, but I, I thought it was strange that the text says that the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Now, now some of y'all know, but some of you don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a professor. I have an earned uh, bachelor's, an earned uh, master's, and an earned doctorate degree. I teach at a seminary in Charlotte. And one of the things that I do as a professor is that I, I read and grade a lot of papers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I got some students uh, who, and I have to get on there many times in their papers, about being too wordy. Uh-huh. Because when I give them the syllabus, I'll have a page limit for their papers. Or I'll have a word count so that when they're on their computers typing the paper, they will know how many words their paper contains. Sometimes with their smart self, they have learned how to be wordy in other words they're using a lot of words to say the same stuff that they could have said in a more simpler term but they say it with more words to fill out the page requirement or the word count some of y'all can't look at me because you're guilty yeah, I got some students in here. You could have said that in a more simple way, but you're trying. To, the professor said, "I need a five-page report," and so you're trying to, your best to get the five pages. So you find yourself saying things more complex when you could have said it in a more simple way. I said all that to say that's exactly what happened in verse 17 of the text. But look at it, uh, because the writer seems to wordy in verse 17 uh, but I checked multiple versions of verse 17 and they were all too wordy I just saw it as a professor they could have stated verse 17 in a more simple way in the new King James version then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all the Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan my God that's too many words Mm-hmm. this could have been said in a more simple way using less words they could have said and the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until all the people crossed over on dry ground period end of sentence uh, but no 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 uh, he made it wordy then the priest who bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood on the firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan phew God said to me, son, it's wordy and overly wordy because I want to emphasize the fact that this was not a normal mundane crossing over. Tell somebody this was a supernatural job. God said to me, it's overly wordy because I want to emphasize that this was not an ordinary crossing over. This was a complete crossing over. Yeah, I know it's easier to say until all the people had crossed over on dry ground. I know it's easy to say, but I intended them to write it like this until all the people crossed over on dry ground, until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan because it emphasizes the fact that they were not going to lose anything. God, I got to get out of here. And God sent me here to tell you that everything about your life and everything connected to you is about to cross over into this blessing. God sent me here to tell you that it's about to catch up to you. And when you cross over in this season, everything that's associated with you is going to cross over as well. Slap somebody a high five and tell them God's about to do a complete work in your life. Yeah, this was a complete crossing over. I know we can say it in a more simple term, but God said, no, I want to say it like this because I want them to understand that what I'm getting ready to do in their life is going to be a complete crossing over. The Bible says until all the people crossed over on dry ground, until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan, shakes them out of hand like you're about to shake it off and tell them God's about to do a complete work in your life some of y'all ain't grab nobody we got hand sanitizer baby don't worry shake somebody's hand like you're about to shake it off tell them god's about to do a complete work in your life God's about to do a complete work in your life. In this season, God says that you're not going to lose anything. You're not going to lose nothing. Everything about you, everything that's connected to you is getting ready to cross over into this blessing. The season of being blessed in one area and suffering in another area, God told me to tell you that season is over. When God get ready to bless you in this season, it's going to be a complete blessing that's going to touch every area and every eye your life. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, but I came all the way from Charlotte to to let somebody know that the season and the time is over for you to walk in partial blessing. Blessed in your marriage, but broke in your finances. Blessed on your job, but sick in your body. Y'all ain't saying that. Blessed in this place, but blessed in another place. God sent me to tell you that everything about your life is getting ready to cross completely over. And God's about to bless everything Around you, I need somebody to take a few seconds and just start looking around you, because everything around you is getting ready to cross over. Shake somebody's hand real good and say, neighbor a neighbor in this season, God told me to tell you, you ain't losing nothing. Lord, I need you to tell them like you believe it. You ain't losing nothing. Everything around you is coming through. Everything about you is coming out. Everything connected to you is getting ready to cross over. High five yourself and tell yourself, I ain't losing nothing. I ain't losing nothing God's about to do a complete work in my life and he that begun a complete work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ everything about you is about to completely cross over everything connected to you is about to completely cross over everything associated with you is about to completely cross over y'all ain't saying nothing. everything in your house is about to completely cross over You've been praying for your unsaved loved ones. God told me to tell you everything in your house is getting ready to have a breakthrough. You've been praying about your finances. God told me to tell you everything connected to you is about to experience a breakthrough. You've been praying about this and praying about that. God told me to tell you to put a praise on it because everything about you is getting ready to come through and it's going to be a complete breakthrough. I need somebody to put your hands on God of praise. I gotta go but grab somebody's hand and tell them to neighbor. It's going to be a complete crossing over. Tell them I ain't leaving nothing. My children's children's children. Yes, sir. It's getting ready to come through this. My children's 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 children is going to be blessed and highly favored. My children's 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 children is about to come through. I got to get out of here, y'all. But every generational curse, every generational spirit, every demonic attack that happened in your past that try to disqualify you. God sent me here to tell you that you're about to completely cross over everything that the enemy has thrown your way. I need you to high five three people and tell them get ready. Everything is coming through. God's about to bless my whole family. God's about to bless my whole house i about to bless my family tree every curse that the enemy tried to bring against me God is going to cause that curse to have to retreat off of my life it happened to great grandma but it ain't going to happen to me it happened to great granddaddy but it ain't going to happen to me sugar diabetes took them out but not in my house cancer took them out but not in my house I need somebody to tell the devil you're still a liar my whole family blessed. My whole tree black. Tell three people everything around me, everything around me. I ain't losing nothing. I ain't losing nothing. I'm claiming everything. I'm claiming everything. What the locust and the tinker worm and the pommel worm made up, I'm claiming everything back, everything that the enemy stole, everything I got tricked out of, everything I got deceived with, I'm claiming it all back, and everything connected to me is about to cross over, I'm getting ready to go where no man has gone before, and the devil can't stop me, somebody shout, fight you. Tell three people, the devil should have got me before I got this word. He should have got me before I got this word. But now that I got this word, I'm going to leave Fellowship Church. I'm going to walk in my house. I'm going to make an announcement that everything in my house is getting ready to cross over. That everything connected to me is about to be blessed. Oh, that's a good place to praise Him. I said that's a good place to praise Him. I said that's a good place to praise Him. I told you earlier that what's coming is going to be better than what's been. Tell somebody it's about to catch up to you blessings about to hit your house miracles about to hit your life and the devil can't do nothing about it somebody open up your mouth and give God a praise I got to go but I feel a holly in my spirit somebody give God a praise right there come on fellowship church open up your mouth give God a shout of a praise come on you that way a little bit. I want to dramatize it a little bit. Priests bearing the ark. I'm, I'm closing. The priest bearing the ark. The Bible says that their feet hit the water. As soon as their feet hit the water upstream, the Bible says that God cut the water off. They couldn't see him they're walking, not knowing that what God had cut off start walking straight, that what God had cut off they can't see him but what God had cut off was going to catch up to them Not, they didn't get it, do it one more time they, they didn't get it, didn't get it. I, I can't see what God is doing, all I can see is the river in front of me and the Bible says that as they're walking in faith that the thing that God did caught up to him. Oh, I'm trying to tell somebody. God took me here to tell you that it's about to catch up to you. Stand to your feet, everybody. Stand to your feet, everybody. My time is up. I'm well past my time. Stand to your feet, everybody. I
2: don't
1: want to prolong, I don't want to prolong the service any longer. Stand to your feet. I don't know who this word was for, but God sent this word to somebody. He sent this word to somebody to tell you that you've been walking in faith. And even though there have been times and seasons where you got discouraged and the enemy told you that nothing was happening and some of you even started to believe maybe, maybe this is all in vain. God sent me here to tell you very simply that the minute you stepped out in faith, he already started working on your behalf. The thing that you believe God for has already been released. You just gotta continue in faith until you see the manifestation, until it catches up to you. The Bible says in Daniel that when Daniel prayed and believed God for a thing, that for 21 days nothing happened, and on day 21, the angel of the Lord showed up and said, "Daniel, read that story. Daniel, the minute you pray God answered, but the blessing got held up by a demonic spirit that held up your blessing. But God sent Michael, the archangel, to." release me so that I can bring your blessing so it can catch up to you and I want somebody to know the minute you stepped out in faith God already released the blessing before 2018 closes it's gonna catch up to you. you I wish you would catch that in the spirit I wish you would grab hold of that one person and grab them by both hands quickly I want to pray time doesn't permit me to really open this altar but grab one person by both hands connect with somebody that you believe believes God and I want you to bow those heads I want you to close those eyes I want you to put a little feeling in that hand and I want you to begin to pray for that neighbor I'm going to pray but I want you to begin I want you to start out the prayer all over the house come on don't not that quiet it's not time for quiet meditational prayer i need you to pray i need you to fill this place with prayer in the name of jesus oh god come on i need you to cry out unto god for the person that you're holding hands with you're holding hands with somebody who got a little weary in their faith you're holding hands with somebody that got a little weary in their belief you're holding hands with somebody that Started out in faith, but they got a little discouraged. I need you to pray strength back into them, into their spirit, strength back into their soul, strength back into their lives. In the name of Jesus, God, even now we believe you. Even now we trust you. Even now we know you're going to do it. For I haven't seen and it haven't heard. It hasn't in it the heart of man, the great things you have in store for your people. Come on fellowship, squeeze those hands and pray. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Hey, God we thank you. God we bless you. God we, yes sir. Come on, squeeze those hands. For my neighbor now. I intercede for them. God, as I squeeze their hands, I pray that you would cause their hands to warm. I pray that you would strengthen their feet so that they will continue to walk by faith and not by sight. That my neighbor would trust you like they never trusted you before. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, we know it's the plan of the enemy to deceive, to divide, to destroy, and to conquer. But God, we thank you. You told us in your word, you come that we might have life more abundantly. God, I squeeze life into my neighbor's hands. I squeeze a fresh anointing into my neighbor's life. I squeeze